Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy, the small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I'd bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them on their own two hands. My name is Wonia Tibo of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buxton Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buxtonrevolution.com. my jokes and they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements no way what is this dag stabbing bang bong it's joke workshop joke workshop yep every monday 6 to 8 p.m on the mutant radio so you're saying i can tell my jokes every monday from 6 to 8 that's what i'm saying it's Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radio. I'm Michael Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Full Length Movie. 
Francisco. What are you doing this week? Come join Meet Me Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary, for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento at and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside meetmeradio.fm here at 21st and Florida, 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF at 20th in Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. St. Valentine's Day Mascara, streaming live on Facebook, Sunday, February 14th, 11 a.m., an international affair hosted by Ms. Noir. Do you crave a carnal pleasure? Are you longing for some lecherous wine? Is it seduction from a social trance that you seek in? Or would you rather be ravished by a rhythm and drive? Care to lengthen a little voyeuristic versification with this lyrical libertine? Or could this form complete the beauty of the For not a adultery. Why not slate your Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. 14th of February 2021. 11am PST Facebook Live. A date for everyone. Hosted by Ms. Noir. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava flows. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins a local mission, a leather working shop, all original pieces handcrafted 
for you jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed. You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff? Talk to Under. Go to skinonskins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. Put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. is mute in the radio. Big up, number one station, a ruling nation. Give it to me every time. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a paddle? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship 
as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasure. They've got live comedy, the small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wilmia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution.
It's just, it's weird. It's a, it's a tough way to do it. Like is, is it, is, is comedy something that you actually saw yourself doing your entire life, even as, even as a kid, or is this something yeah. that you just kind of grew into? No, I mean, I grew into it. I mean, I, again, you know, I was, after high school, I was just going to college, and then I met, um, you know, Sammy, one of my buddies from Sammy high school. Sammy obeyed, yes. Not a boy, they're looking for Abel right now. I know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the police. They actually think he OD'd. Like, I know one of these assholes are parked illegally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, you're a fire truck. Uh, but the, um, 
the uh, what was that we were talking about? We were talking about uh, the. Oh yeah, was this something? So was it, yeah, was this something that you saw yourself doing your whole life? Never saw myself. You know, the weird thing about stand up is I never really saw myself doing stand up. I, I kind of wanted to go to law school. My sister's doctor was a lawyer. I always thought it'd be really fun to be a lawyer because I like uh, I like reading. I like learning up on stuff, and then I think being in a in a courtroom battling some other dude would be hella fun right um so that that's something that i was actually focused on doing but then i met my friend sam he was doing stand-up comedy a year into it brought me into uh, a couple mics um but that's pretty much that's basically where we started and then you just get addicted to that man what I was mean, your what was your do you remember your first, first experience time, do you yeah. remember that yeah i did mission pizza over there in fremont it was like valentine's day yeah 2009 i think so I just go up there, and uh, again, I invited a lot of my friends. I'm from Fremont, so there's like 40 of my friends. Right. And I just remember going up there and just doing like 20 minutes, 25 minutes almost the first time. And I did really well because all my friends were over there. I like killed it. I was like, okay, this is really – this is what I should be doing. This is awesome. And then I hit like four mics that week, and it was just like not the case. And that, yeah, it, it, it hurts, right? <laughs> it hurts. The world is just all like, uh, I mean, I don't know who Mark is, so this isn't funny. Why are you talking about your friend? <laughs> like, you guys know Mark. I'm like, we didn't go to your high school, sir. Okay, so how do you deal? Like, how do you deal with that rejection? Because because here's the thing about comedy, man. Like, when the crowd rejects you, you feel it immediately. Yeah, it's not like you, you put up a care. You, you're not supposed to. Oh, I, most definitely. Oh, I don't care. I just yell back at them. Right. I said, I'm sorry you're not too uh, smart to understand this dick joke, but right. I don't think it's not funny. It's a very sophisticated dick joke. That's exactly you know, what's going on. You're going to get rejected by hot girls eight times a week. Who gives right. a shit about the crowd in Billings? Well, see, that, that's <laughs> – <You know? laughs> like, I mean, that's a great like, what point, what I really though. wanted was Tanya, not for you idiots to like me, so I don't give a shit. No, no, but that's <laughs> a great point, though, man, because yeah. I feel like – and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like when you uh, get uh, accustomed to the feeling of, yeah. of rejection, of instant yeah. rejection, it's easier to go out into the world – and yeah. just be as badass as you want to yeah. because y it's, it can't hurt you. It's like it's like being whooped on the back so many times that your back is just numb now yeah. at this point. <laughs> so I mean, do you your find – like, I don't love you. It's like, like, I don't care. You're like, I don't love These me either. jokes aren't working, Kelly. I'm at Mission Pizza. I don't love me either, okay? I know. I tell you, dude, that's, that's the thing about it. You cannot care about the – you have to – rejection – even when you get great, you're getting rejected. I mean, there's always going to be rejection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, even when you blow up, there's going to be roles that you're not going to get or TV shows that you're not going to be on, even if you're out there killing it. Right. So you got to get quick. Rejection should be the first thing you should actually think of. Right. So when you're happy, when the one rejection doesn't happen, you're like, you know what? Things are good. <laughs> I'm going to be it's fine. Like, uh, it's like they're serving breakfast after 10. This isn't a victory. <laughs> <laughs> is there is, is there like a goal for you, though, Kabir? Like what what is I, – I get this question from – younger comics like what is that you want to do like what where do you want to be in like five yeah. or ten years what is what is the goal that kabir singh has in mind in terms of yeah. comedy or entertainment well listen you can't put a number on when you want to achieve it but like literally my goal is i love doing stand-up comedy that's my thing i would love performing on the road 260 days a year yeah. all over america and the world repeatedly theaters and sell tickets of course fortunately you have to get on television to do that and other stuff that you have to get good at to do what you want to do um but that's that's basically the goal and really honestly the goal i mean of just going city to city and making people laugh i've pretty much already over i've already achieved i mean i get to go 
I mean, I'm not getting paid great, and there's a lot of shows that do suck. Yeah. But I'm still hitting that. I still get to go out and make people laugh. So it's a lot of fun. It would be fun doing it while being getting rich, I guess. That, that would also be dope. I, I'm, Is that the way to say it? Yeah. Is that the bright way to answer that question? I think that's the most direct I'd way like to do it. I'd like to get rich doing exactly what I'm what doing I wanna right do. now. What I want to do, please. <laughs> right now, please. it's good. Um, I, I, it's a 20 more grand a show would be nice. <laughs> I know I know you're going city to city, and that definitely is one of the perks of uh, doing stand-up comedy, but you're originally from the Bay Area, Area. Um, from Fremont. Uh, my my question is this though: Do you think that there is a huge difference between like Bay Area, the Bay Area comedy scene versus out you know the rest of the world? And I, know, I yeah. hate to sound pretentious because I know the Bay Area people right. usually sound like you know our shit don't stink or something like that, right? But what what is Bay Area comedy compared to somewhere on you know in the Midwest or, or down south? We 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 are literally at the best. The Bay Area is the best place to get good at stand up because it's a melting pot. And you're going to get all different kind of crowds throughout the week. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you can just go in there and do – I mean, there's so many people here. Right. Uh, people talk about the Midwest like it's easy. They're the easiest crowds. Really? They're happy to see you. It's Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to be a dick. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, right. They're, they're, it's way harder to impress and make people laugh at Roosters on a Sunnyvale when the whole Oracle and Yahoo's over there that's just trying to get drunk or San Francisco with all these guys where you can't say anything. At all. Right. You know, they're way harder than going in the mid- – I mean, Bay Area is a perfect place to get good. I mean, this is the best place. You go to different rooms, get good. Midwest, Chicago, Denver, they're the same people. Yeah. Everyone watches the same stuff on television. I mean, is crazy. Everybody yeah. watches that. And you kind of already know how people think just by watching the news and the shows that are successful and the cartoons that do well. Yeah. They're not totally different. When you start going to, like, Glasgow and stuff where your accent, like Scotland – where you're just talking, and they're like, I don't know what he's saying. Right, right, so right. That's when it becomes an issue. <laughs> has, has that been an issue oh for you? Oh, Lord. I went, I lied to this promoter like four years into stand-up. He's like, you're a headliner. I'm like, yeah, headline America. Oh, that was great. He's like, yeah, we need to headline these, uh, this like UK tour. And I was like, hell yeah. He's like, you got an hour? I'm like, yeah, I got an hour. At Tommy T's right. in the San Jose Improv. I'm four years in. <laughs> right. They throw him in a Glasgow in, like, Birmingham, and I'm just up there like, this is going to be tough. <laughs> I mean, Glasgow, they just stared at me. I've never seen it. I was an hour, and I was good. I still had an hour of good show. I was yes. doing it. But it was just 45 minutes, and people were just looking at me like, I don't understand a word that's coming that's out of That's incredible. And I'm like, it's English. Right. And they tell me something. It's like, I don't understand what you're saying. It's, it's two people speaking English, completely different accents. Same don't know language. what the hell. Yeah. So so what's going on in your mind? I mean, you're talking about going overseas to do comedy. Oh, yeah. And you're, you kind of, you know, you're kind of gassing yourself up to this guy by saying, yeah, I got an hour. Oh, I mean, so, so what all else those are you going to tell the guy? You're not going to say no. Two grand a show. Yeah, you're not going to say no. An hour, sir. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So what Which hour would you like? <laughs> what are you thinking in those? What are you thinking in those 45 minutes you where they're just the watching I'll you? I'll bring it, sir. Well, no, no. What are you thinking in, the, in that time where, they, where you're just being judged? <laughs> Oh, do, while I was bombing? Yeah. Oh, they immediately knew I wasn't shit the minute I got there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they put me on the first show in London. I'm like 30 minutes into that, just sweating. I'm like, so you guys, uh, the McDonald's here tastes funny. Right. <laughs> just it. Scotland was tough. They didn't understand a word. But you know what? They were so polite. Like, I, I they were just so cool. They, they wanted me to do well. They understand there was a language barrier. They understand that it's not my fault. Yeah. There's a lot more respect for comedians in the UK, like we're looked at, at, like there's a lot of TV shows in the UK where they just put stand-up comedians on a panel and they just talk about their opinions. Right, Something right, right. that we would destroy here. If exactly. Like, hey, yes. Shit. Like the structure over there, comedians are really well respected. So even though I was eating, eating it, and in my head I'm like, this is really bad. They were still 
not rude. They weren't booing. They were just listening, and they're like, you know, they understood when Friends, to clap. Yeah. But you could just tell as a comedian that, dude, none of this is working, and you're you're not going to get paid. You're not, you're not getting that satisfaction, right? You're not scratching that itch. You got a piece of paper over there, man, with some stuff written down? Did you want to read some of that stuff off? Oh, no, I want to ask a question, yeah. Oh, you want, okay, go Yeah, go I want to ask you a couple questions. Oh, you want to ask me a job. question? Because, like, as a comedian, right, so I've been doing just stand-up. I never had a day job while I was doing stand-up, at least, other than the telemarketing I did at 15 trying to hook up with that girl. Rejection again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the um, – when you do stand up, when you have like a full time job, is yeah. like uh, how do you balance the two? Like, I guess my question is, if you have to do radio in the morning for a big radio show on like a Wednesday, but you get this gig in Arizona that doesn't pay anything, or a gig in LA that doesn't pay anything, but industry is there and you need to be show your face over there to do well, and you got the spot. I mean, how do you pick that? Well, at this point, you know, I I got to a point where um, I had to make a decision. It's like, look, I I signed this contract to do this radio show that I really enjoy doing. Um, but at the same time, you know, if, I, if a great opportunity comes up in, uh, in L.A. or Seattle or wherever yeah. it may be, you have to make a decision. You have to choose, well, you know. never good opportunities in Seattle. <laughs> well, yeah, or wherever it may be, wherever it may you be, right? on the Seattle gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm to come down to uh, Topeka and see if, see if I can make that, make that work. No, um, I mean, it, but again, like, when you, so you, you just have to weigh the options, You right? just have it's to like weigh the options. Whichever one is worth it more, I mean, if, if it's a big show on, a, on, on the radio on Wednesday morning and I want to go to L.A. or whatever, but, I, but let's say they're not paying or let's say – I'm not too sure about the booker, or I don't yeah. know. I don't know the people that well. I might side with the radio show. Right, right. Although my first love is stand-up comedy, I only got into radio because of stand-up comedy. Um, that's I kind of I kind of stumbled into into sports talk radio right. and, and morning radio. So I know where my loyalties are. It's definitely towards comedy. But yeah, sometimes you just got to make a tough decision, and, and, what, and sometimes you do have to pass up on a gig that sounds cool, yeah. but you're not very sure about. Oh, you know, you, know, you start weighing it. Anyway, exactly. Like, oh, this person's there. That person's there. You, you might drive seven hours. People. You might drive seven hours to get there oh, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're getting bumped nine people you're getting bumped your boss is calling you so yeah <laughs> where so are you it's just a lot of hard decisions <laughs> man you just you just got to know but i look at it like this it's a good problem to have you know because because uh, you got two things that you love i have two things in, that i love in my life radio and comedy yeah. i get a chance to you know i've worked hard enough to be able to be in, engulfed in both of them so it's a good problem to have but i'll just have to make the tough decision but radio wasn't your only job doing stand-up though right yeah no no I, before radio like, before i actually did full-time radio i used to sell asphalt for a for a uh, construction company, Jeez. I was an asphalt estimator. Estimator. I would, I would go to your parking lot. I would measure it all out. I'd, uh, Were you uh, good at that? I was pretty good. You, dude, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Asphalt is a lucrative industry. I can it's imagine. everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. You really don't think about it until you actually start selling it, and then you yeah. look around. You're like, God damn! Every single road, every single freeway, almost all driveways. Yeah, no, we it's know. All that. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> but you don't notice it until you're actually making money off of it. That's gangster. So well, yeah. What time did you have to go to work for that? That was when you're in sales. You kind of have more of an open oh, schedule. Yeah. So, you, so you know, you can make your own schedule. You so one that with a Big Mac. All, all the time, bro. One o'clock. Parking I'm, I'm lot looks like shit. Yeah, Give it doesn't matter. Keys. It's all cracked up. But I got an In-N-Out burger, so I'm good to go. So this is a brand new building. (laughs) (laughs) Pull your pants up. But what was the worst thing about, uh, like, out of all the jobs you had while doing stand-up? And I still, I I can't imagine this not being radio just because of the the timing. But what was the worst thing about any job you had while you had to mix it in with stand-up? Ooh, uh, I'd say, okay, I'd say the worst thing about um, this one job I had where I was basically customer service. uh, And I sat in a cubicle all day. And I sold. You, you ever seen the? You ever seen office you know, space? The, uh, the Office? The Office, right? Oh, the, the office. show, The yeah. Office. You I know was how close. they? You I know was how close. they? Yeah, very close. Far away I was well, the office. I got one word right, actually. The <laughs> Office Space sentiment. That was my <laughs> life, sitting in that cubicle. I've definitely had that feeling. But just like The Office, the TV show, I actually sold paper products. No way. So I was selling paper plates, selling paper cups. My whole life was paper. 
It was just a sad state of affairs. It, I was just everything in my life was was bendable and breakable and rippable because I, I was just engulfed in this paper world. So that that was the worst part about doing that job, customer service for a person like me, yeah. is that I hate sitting down yeah. for hours at a time. I hate being quiet for hours at a time. Yeah. I'm on the phone and I'm on the computer all day, which I cannot just I cannot stand that. And it would burn the fat off my soul. Dude. So when I would leave there That's at five o'clock, so scared to hear that. When that I would phrase. leave there at five o'clock. Yeah. I hated life. life. Damn, I, I, and, and here's the thing. I lived on the same block as I worked on. Understand that. I lived on the same block as I worked on. This is over on uh, on Cherry so Street. So it was like no commute. You would just no, walk it was just. I would just every day I wake up, I walk to work, I, I burn on the inside, then I'd go home, smoke some weed, cry for a little while, oh and then and then just listen to sports talk radio and then just repeat in the morning. It was the saddest. Damn, it dude. was the saddest time of my life, you man. You just hated paper? Like you, you, you refused to I write ref jokes on paper? Yeah. I, now <laughs> I, I'm like Jay-Z, man. I just freestyle like, everything. cardboard. Now. I'm not using this <laughs> shit. Cardboard. <laughs> I what do you mean there's no cardboard? Is this the improv? So that was it right there, man. That was that was the uh, the worst. You guys need cement or paper? <laughs> I can't imagine having to do that shit because like it just it's gotta be worse if you do the a show. Yes. Bomb. Wake up in the morning. Sell no paper. Sell no paper. <laughs> You're just like that was a fun 24. It's a terrible. Yeah, I had a lot of those 24. The, <laughs> the 72 hour power. The 72 power hours. I guess you see you getting you bumped on a show. It's like you don't know how much I need this. Size. I need this. I gotta sell All these right. cups. The paper industry is literally. Literally crashing. <laughs> They've got these notes on the phone now. It's just it's crazy, man. What's the single worst moment of your life at a day job, other than getting fired? Ooh, single worst moment of my life. Um, I worked at a liquor store for a Damn, long time. Dude, how actually. many jobs did you oh, have? I've had dude. many jobs, my friend. How old are you here? Uh, like nine. I, I mean, I've have done everything, man. I've, I worked. My first job was what when I was hit? 11 years old. Ooh, no. Oh, what were you doing at 11? At 11 years old, I was Legally. stocking. I was stocking beers and soda. That is so illegal. Now I'm, not I'm not even supposed to touch the beer, but I was stocking beers and soda. And, and by the time I was 13, I moved myself up to the register, and I was working the register. You moved yourself I was, up? Well, I mean, I had worked myself <laughs> yeah. up to the you register. Became right? manager at 11 and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking start working the cashier. I'm assistant manager at 12 are heavy. I was like, hey, hey, real question about the beer. You ever fucking, did you ever slide a beer in? Did oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude, I said, I got a drunk Rudy watching dude, Dodgers. First, first time I got drunk, I snuck some club mudslides out of the liquor store and I drank them on the side of the liquor store next to the dumpster. And I got super drunk, and then I went home to go play Nintendo all day. It was it was crazy. That's the life, dude. That was the real life. Before rejection. When I was 13 years old, I worked my way up to the register, and the funniest thing ever, dude. They used Who's to the boss? Sorry, Indian? No, this uh, this uh. Because I know some Indian. Be like, dude. what are you? How old are you? <laughs> 22. Okay, well. You can sleep. You don't look Mexicans are getting <laughs> younger by. <laughs> you look ten, but okay, grab the beer. He was, he was a, he's an Italian guy that's Italian actually dude. been in this neighborhood uh, for a long time, and they've owned the shop for a long time. He gave me a job at eleven because I used to go in there all the time and 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 buy baseball cards, and I got that was my first job when I was thirteen years old. Kabir, I was asking grown men for their ID be before I sold them their malt liquor. I would have stole that liquor. You probably would have whooped my ass at thirteen. Dude, I, I used to, I used to, at thirteen years old. I used to be like, hey man, here's a I need to see your ID, and then they like pull out their wallet halfway, yeah. and then they think about it. And look at me and be like, let me see your ID. Yeah. Where's your ID at? You know? And, but that was just that was my job at the time. Where's but your father? I need cigarettes. You but can't but handle the, that. the worst time I ever had was when I got robbed. I got robbed in the liquor store, man. Robbed at the liquor yeah, store. Yeah, I, I had a gun placed right so to your cheek, and you're like, how old were you? No, I wasn't 13. I was like 
Actually, I worked there for a long time, so I was probably like 19. 19? Yeah. That's still pretty young now. Yeah, still, yeah. still pretty bad. I had a gun pressed up to my Is this cheek. Another and liquor store? You no, worked same there for liquor 14 store. Years. Same liquor store. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You worked there from 11 to 9? When did you leave? I, uh, dude, I used to work there, like, you know, Damn, sporadically. Shut that shit down. You got to leave. I've been here since I was 11. <laughs> I'm like chaining Fuck myself McDonald's. to the wall. <laughs> Build that somewhere else. That was it, man. That was, that was probably the single worst time. I Can mean, I've had some pretty bad jobs. What's going through your head? Uh, I'm gonna die. Was he Indian? At no, least? he was. God I think I'm it. pretty sure he was black. Give you know, me sure all of your dude. shit. Yeah, he's, uh, everything, uh, dude. Everything. I, I, I just opened up the register and just started handing over handfuls of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? You know, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I'm do trying to live. Here. I'm trying to survive. You know. Sir, I've had my puberty in here. If you think you're walking <laughs> out here with a fucking dime, I've got another thing coming. <laughs> all right, I have to get high and play Nintendo in four hours. <laughs> yes. I can't have you taking my boss's shit. Oh my god. That sounds like a That's terrible one, man. day, dude. That's what did you do after you got robbed? Uh, I just basically stood there stunned yeah. for about 15 minutes. Um, people, people, I didn't even call the people police. People were coming in, sir. People were coming in. There was like a long line of people lining up, and I was just sitting there like just stunned for like 15 to 20 minutes. And I couldn't believe. Can what I happened. just get a Snicker bar? I know you just got robbed, but I really <laughs> need the Snicker bar. My wife's being a bitch. It was rough, man. <laughs> it was rough. That, that, but that was the bottom, that was hands down the worst moment. <laughs> hands down, there's no, what else could it be worse? You told the ultimate tale of it. Actually, what to, could be worse? Actually, Something to be honest with you. Cut my hand off. To be honest with you, now when I think about it sometimes, I think about the fact of how I actually hated my life yeah. when I worked at the paper company right. versus that one moment where I was scared for my life. Yeah. And honestly, man, I think maybe hating your life for about <laughs> four years was probably still worse than having a gun pressed to your face at and 19. Yeah, could you imagine? That was, that was one moment of terror and a lifetime of stories. I got to tell you. That right there was four years of my life that I robbed. wasted that I just I can't get back. I got to rob somebody. I got to rob God. Out of paper. Give me all Sorry. your leads. <laughs> yeah. Trevor. This is it's way too early for this. It's not a gun. Oh man. <laughs> no, that's gotta be badass. I couldn't imagine doing I couldn't imagine being robbed at a liquor store. Yeah. I would definitely give them all the money, but I would also like you gotta I give would it be up. doing something weird, like giving them tickets to shows too. You gotta give it up, man. <laughs> hmm? Are we gonna do the uh they said just stop talking. Oh, do we? So it's like ten 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 ten. Yeah. Oh we can keep talking. This is dynamite oh. shit. No, they Hey, they told, me hey. Not, they told me not to stop. Or not to say anything. Just stop and then get back in there. Hell yeah. Hello, I'm on fire. These stand-up jokes are going to be terrible. We're not okay, going to use no, any of that. Keep it rocking. That's why I, I don't want to say anything. We'll just keep you it going. You guys need a break. You guys okay? <laughs> They're opening up. You got more questions? Oh, shit. It's almost 1020. It is 1020. That's, what, that's, why, that's why I did that. But if you got more questions, keep it rolling. Is there anything else you want to ask? Anything funny you want to just end it with? You I get, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up with something. Oh, let's, for how long? Yeah, let's, let's do that. I'll, I'll let you, you want me to ask you that? Yeah, could you do me a favor? Could you just bring in, um, yeah, who your favorite comedian, yeah, you could ask me uh, who my favorite comedians were. All right. And then I'm just going to uh, tell you the fact that I never watched stand-up until I started it. Okay, cool. Okay. Jay, you got to call it, man. All right, it's the Rare Formcast here with Rudy Ortiz and my guest, Kabir Singh. We've been talking about everything today, man. We got into sports. We even made some bets today. Yes, we did. We've been talking a little bit of comedy uh, for the last couple of minutes. Um, but I want to ask you, though, man, you know, of course, you're doing your thing. You're going everywhere and, and just making a name for yourself. But what are some of the names in comedy um, that you either looked up to or admired or were really into yeah. their, their style? What, what are some of the names that, that, that come to mind? Yeah, a stand-up. I was a super late bloomer when it came to stand-up. I don't think I started watching stand-up until, like, 
maybe I think the first stand up comedy I've ever saw on TV was like maybe six months before I went on stage. Wow. And it didn't didn't blow me away or anything. I couldn't even tell you who I saw actually, but I did see it. But um, the first live show I ever did was the Rooster Teeth Feathers comedy competition when right. Sammy won it. Right. And then I saw that that was my first live comedy show. And then I went back and I started watching stand up. And really, I mean, that was not you know it was like Dave Chappelle, Dane Cook, those guys. I mean, it sucks whenever I talk to old school people. They just hate me immediately. Cause they, five cause, yeah. seconds of talking. What kind of comedy do you like? Ah, I started watching that about uh, nine years ago. Because <laughs> uh, they, they don't like the fact that you're – they probably feel like, oh, this guy just – Yeah, and I went back. I mean, I knew the, the social pressures of knowing – I mean, I went back and watched the stand-up from, like, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. But I don't think there was – it's weird. Like, as a comedian, I'm sure there was a comedian that inspired you to, to – to do stand-up, there's really there's not like a comedian I can pinpoint and be like that's the reason why I do stand-up comedy or that's why I want to be. It's kind of weird, but no, my, mine is Paul Rodriguez because, and I say that because what? no, let me tell you why because that was the Edit first. That actually, I know Paul really well. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, Paul is still out there. Paul is still out there doing he's his thing. It, dude. But he's, I mean, just being like a being like a young Mexican kid, like listening to watching a lot of stand-up comedy because I loved watching comedy as a kid, right. right? But then when I saw Paul Rodriguez, he came out with an album a long time ago called Macaroni or Mac and Cheese or Mac Macaroni and Cheese. I think it's yep. called Macaroni and Cheese, um, and that was the first first ever CD or anything audio that I actually ever purchased. What year was that? I don't want, I want to say 19... working at the liquor store? <laughs> yeah, it was, my, it was my liquor store money. Um, I, I want to say like 1994, 93, okay. wow. something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I bought that. I went to Suncoast. I, I bought it at Suncoast, uh, bought the CD, bought the album, and that was it right there, man. Once I heard Paul Rodriguez, I was like, this is... You this ever is, work with this him? This is cool. No, never had a chance to work with For him. Real, I've dude? met him a couple of times, but never... I saw him at, over at, uh, at the radio station, came in, he came in a couple of times to do um, some... Nice. some Sets, yeah, real, real nice guy, real That's cool guy. That's cool. That's cool that you have that kind of guy. Because when I was growing up, there was no. Indi- I mean, for you, I mean, I, I don't sure if it was just because he was, was uh, was well, Hispanic, him, him being I mean, Mexican definitely helped the situation it for did, me. But like I mean, it probably wasn't the game breaker. But for me, like Russell didn't blow up till like 1999, right. and I don't think I really watched his stuff until way later, until he already blew up. But yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Stand up is great. There's a lot of great comedians. I, I like watching the comedians that are just. Uh, that that just I get to work with. I mean, there's so many. It's crazy going to like when you're doing a show in like Chicago and Boston. Just your feature and openers alone. Those yes. guys are like killer. Some of that. Yes. Like, what is this guy trying to make my life harder right now? I don't. It know. Is 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 <laughs> the be on the same team here? There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing to prove here. I mean, is that a thing though? Do you get that? Hell like like, yeah, like when dude. you when you featured oh. before, do comics ever like say, you know what? I don't want to know. I don't know if Kabir's is the right, right feature because he might blow it out the water. Then I yeah. gotta follow him. Uh, there's been the three times I've ever been kicked out of stand up comic, like getting canceled from weekends. Two of them. Or from when I was featuring for other comedians, they're like, we don't even want that. But it's so rude to do that because number right. one, I always hated on them because I was like, that's such stupid, that's so dumb. You're headlining, you should be able to do whatever. And then you'd go there and do it, and then you know they, they wouldn't even ask you to take it down. You just get canceled. But then when I started headlining and started going to like, <laughs> like you know, like Atlanta, should do the shows, and I'm just all like, yeah, could you tell this guy to calm down here? <laughs> We're just trying to have a good just time. Just ease up right yeah, here, yeah. yeah. But like you know, the feature spot's obviously the easiest opening spot, but like. Uh, it is weird though, like that you get, you gotta like, but again, there's a lot of great comedians out there that that just are stuck at that spot because they don't have the TV credits to headline. It has right. nothing to do with their stand-up. I was stuck featuring for like five years before I got on Stand-Up Revolution. Uh, before that, it was basically.